You are listening to Uncomfortable, comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics. Hi everybody and welcome to Uncomfortable, the podcast that has comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics. Today's episode has a little bit of a different format than usual. Um, Since, you know, this is March 2020 at the time of this recording and we are pretty much all either in isolation, self-quarantine and practicing social distancing due to the COVID-19 outbreak. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely, you know, we're in week two of this outbreak here in Canada and I was just kind of craving some connection with other people because I wanted to see how they were coping with this, hopefully, temporary situation. So in this episode, I interview a handful of people in different situations to see where they're at right now and, you know, what challenges they're facing and how they are overcoming the challenges. So I really hope that this episode gives you a little bit of inspiration and some ideas on how to cope if you yourself are struggling. As always with uncomfortable conversations there may be some adult language so make sure you are wearing those headphones. Lisa Driver is a spiritual teacher author and mother of two very young little ones living in Medicine Hat, Alberta. With her husband still having to head out to work and no daycare facilities available, Lisa finds herself having to juggle entertaining her children while supporting her clients online. Thankfully, due to her work and practice, Lisa has managed to find a nice balance. She's also become a pillar of support for her own community. Lisa, thanks so much for chatting to me in these kind of crazy, uncertain times. I'd love to know a little bit about your situation because I know you're going through this and you have two young children. So tell me, you know, what life is like right now for you. Yes, I'm really grateful I live in a big house so we have enough space, but I do have a three and a half year old and a one and a half year old. So things have been a little crazy since we lost our day home provider and my daughter was um, sort of ceremoniously finished up her last day of preschool. But it's, uh, it's hard because they're so sensitive and it's very difficult to explain something like this to them. And when you're missing out on that routine, everybody feels it. Now, I'm really lucky that my husband's still working and being very safe, but he's still collecting a paycheck. And honestly, I'm kind of happy he's not also in my hair. <laughs> Um, because the girls are enough, but it's, it's definitely been a bit of an adjustment period. Now we're into the second week home here and finally starting to find our groove a little bit. And thankfully here in Medicine Hat, the weather is starting to warm up so we can at least be going for walks every day and playing out in our big backyard, which I know is not the case for everybody. Yeah, that's a, that's a luxury to have that. I'm seeing that from a one-bedroom apartment that has a little <laughs> deck, but grateful for that deck, I'll tell you. Um, I'm curious to know how you've managed to explain what's happening to your kids so that they kind of get an understanding of why they are staying home. 
Yeah, we've really kept it simple and just explained that people are getting sick. We haven't gone into a lot of detail because we don't really want to feed that fear culture and just kind of explain that we have to wash our hands. We have to really stay home and be careful. And it helps that um, my oldest, who's three and a half, has had like stomach bugs. You know, she had pneumonia actually a few weeks before all this went down, which now we're looking at and going like, was that COVID? But she's been sick before, so she knows it's not a good thing. And so we've kind of explained like, we have to stay inside so that we don't get uckies, you know, in our tummies. And of course the little one and a half year old, she's just happy as long as she's got snacks and can play with her sister and is getting snuggled and read to, so. That's, yeah, that's really nice. What kind of things have you been doing to kind of just try and keep them busy and, you know, just not wanting to go out and play with their friends or go to the parks and play with people? Oh, man. Well, lots of video chats with family and friends. That's a big one, not only for me and my sanity, but also for the kidlets so that they can see, you know, grandma. Um, We do have a nana here in town that we've we go to see once a week. And of course we're very careful. She's self-isolating anyways. So I feel pretty safe doing that. And that's been really nice for them to just get a break. We go for drives. We go for at least one walk every day, usually two, um, lots of movies, lots of crafts. We've been coloring a ton and just kind of creating the great thing about this is that people have really come together and there's so many resources. So I've done some of those sensory activities and of course the school too, they just reached out, with the ELP program and gave us some suggestions. Um, Lots of books and princesses. We play a lot of princesses and a lot of Barbies in our house. You you partially answered this, but I'm curious as a parent being stuck, you know, inside with two kids, which I know you love, but you need to check in with your own kind of mental health too. What have you been doing to stay sane? Yeah, and that's really funny that you asked that because right before all this started, um, I'm a spiritual coach and an author and speaker. And so I teach self-care, especially to moms. That's kind of my niche audience. And it's hilarious that right now they're the ones that need it the most because I'm telling people like, I would kill for three hours to binge watch a show on Netflix and sit and do nothing and eat whatever I wanted to eat. (laughs) But at the same time, of course, I recognize I'm very lucky to be surrounded by these beautiful humans that I love. Um, So what I've actually done is I've started, I started in January and I've kept it up is doing a morning routine, waking up an hour and a half before the kids are up, exercising, meditating, doing some yoga, some of my spiritual practices like journaling. I'm working on my fourth book, so I write for a little while every morning. And then I start the day kind of ahead of the curve and pardon the pun, I know that's a big (laughs) phrase right now. (laughs) Um, But I start the day feeling full, right? With my bucket full and I'm not waking up to them yelling and going like, where's breakfast? So that's really helped. I have a shower every morning and get dressed. I mean, I'm still wearing like leggings and and hoodies, but it, it definitely has helped me to stay sane. The other thing too, is when my husband comes home, I usually take a little break and a breath. Um, and after supper, we just have our own time, which is really nice couple hours before bed. So yeah, that's good. I think it sounds like even, you know, keeping a routine has been really important to you. And I think for myself, that's something I've realized I need to to do. I will say though, I am loving just hanging out in yoga pants and sweatpants. So I'm with you there. 
One last question. It sounds like you're already kind of connecting with other people. And, and as you mentioned, even though we're all in, in isolation, there's been this kind of come together with communities out there. So I'm curious to know what else you're doing to kind of stay connected with friends and family and, and clients that you have too. Well, the great thing about my business is it's all online. So I do a lot of virtual coaching and that's been really wonderful because I still feel like I'm making a difference in helping my clients. And I was already coaching people in their pajamas while they had their big glass of wine beside them. So, um, but the neat thing about it too, is that I'm, I'm finding with the posts, it's really brought out a vulnerable side of me where I'm, I'm sharing the ups and the downs, right? I think too often on social media, we have just kind of the glossy, like, especially in the spiritual community, like think positive, we'll get through this, this too shall pass. And that's all very valid. But there's also that acknowledgement that this is difficult and just take it one day at a time. And I think that sharing those posts has really helped my mental health. It makes me feel like I'm making a difference. Um, and then I've been limiting my social media, but when I go on, I'm really trying to engage in the people that I love and really just let them know I'm there for them. I just had my birthday. So I felt all that quarantine love and I know how hard it was. It was on a Saturday. Thankfully, my husband was home, but trying to reach out to some of my other friends who have birthdays in this, this coming month and really just letting them know how much they mean to me and how important they are to me. And trying to schedule a video chat once a day has been a godsend or a phone call. And I really recommend that to people because even with social media, we need that human connection. We need to feel seen and heard, especially as women and especially as moms. And that's kind of my messaging. Like you've got to feel heard and seen. And I try and do my part to help women feel that way. I love that. Happy birthday, belated <laughs> birthday you. too. I do have a couple of friends who have had birthdays this week and it's been video chats and tomorrow night we're having a party on Zoom. So it's great that we have these, you know, resources, which it sounds like yeah. you're using. Um, so thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing your wisdom. I'm just curious because it sounds like you have a lot and you may post it on social media. Do you, what's your social media handle so I can share those with the listeners? Yeah, so it's Lisa Driver 1111 and that's also my website, lisadriver1111.com. Leah and Andy are two working professionals living in North Vancouver, British Columbia. On a normal day, they would wake up and make their daily commute to the office. However, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, they find themselves navigating working from home in their small one-bedroom apartment. Andy and Clea, thanks so much for chatting to me in these strange, uncertain times. How are you both doing? Doing pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I think we're doing pretty well. I think uh, we have a simpler situation than many. That's fair to say. So you both are usually working professionals who leave your apartment, you know, Monday to Friday or most days and go to the office. But now you're finding yourselves having to work from home. So what has been, let's start with the challenges of that. What's been the challenge navigating that? I'd say for us, we're in a small single bedroom apartment. So the space one is a big one. So we've just got, there's the bedroom and then we've got the one area where we share for this. So usually if Clear's working from home uh, independently on a solo, you know, on a solo day once a week and I'll be in the office, but with the two of us in here all the time and there's a lot of calls 
battles that happened between. So it was kind of trying to figure out how to space ourselves out so that we could active, like you know, actively stay engaged with our teams um, because we're constantly on, you know, Teams or Skype or something, you know, calling and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I'd say the space is a big one, number one. Yeah, we've got a, a bit of a system going where um, if Andy is jumping on a call, he'll close the door to the bedroom. So then I know he's on a call or it's like a do not disturb. I'm preparing something for a due date or something. Um, and then if either one of us is going on video call, we let each other know um, just so there's not one person sort of walking behind in a dressing gown or any awkward situations like that. It's sort of been, uh, yeah, for us, uh, so I'm set up in the bedroom. So I've got a small IKEA desk that I'm set up with a laptop. Um, So the bed is right next to me and the door is straight behind me. So it's good that we've got that working agreement because I'll have to boot her out in the morning um, when, yeah, when we're getting ready for work because I'll be jumping onto an early morning call or something like that. And then we have to make sure, you know, she doesn't walk in in the background whilst I'm on a video chat with the whole team or something like that. So we've done all right so far. She'll like knock and then sort of open it a little bit and I'll hit mute and you know, say I'm on a call and, you know, that sort of stuff. So, yeah. so it sounds like you're starting to, to navigate it, which is good. And you have a, a little system going. I definitely can imagine some mishaps are probably going to happen. What have you learned? about one another that you perhaps didn't realize before? I would say, well, I'm not sure. So for me, um, I'll put headphones in and try to zone into a space. So I'll have music or, you know, something like that to try and drown out any of the noise and that sort of thing. Um, So for me, the quiet, uh, it's good that we've got a door to separate the two between that so we can have our own space because I'll be able to still overhear that clears talking sort of thing so I know that uh Andy comments from time to time that I um am stopping work later than I should be (laughs) and um I think that I actually have been working for longer each day because I don't have to rush off to a bus or um I don't have a social engagement to get to due to social distancing yeah, so I think that's come up a couple of times. Um, but then again, I also find that that's not necessarily something that I was doing as consistently before. Yeah, and I, I feel like I need to watch myself with that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. so maintaining the routine. Um, yeah, definitely maintaining the routine. Say, okay, well, continue to get up at your usual time, have breakfast, stay with your morning, you know, if you're doing a, you know, whatever your routine may be. but to have lunch breaks, to have a complete separation, to say stop what you're doing, get up and you know walk outside, do something that completely does a disconnect for you, so that you can then reconnect mm-hmm. back in, because otherwise it all will blend together pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think we've done pretty well with keeping some sort of routine and some sort of structure to the day. So we both make sure we get out of our pajamas um, in the morning and don't just stay in them all day because that's not the right headspace I don't think um and then we both go out for a walk or a run at lunchtime to get some fresh air um but we generally just go at slightly different times we go separately from one another 
and not that we couldn't go for a walk or a run together, but um, just to kind of get that, get that headspace and get that separation. That's a great point. I think when you're cooped up with someone, even if it's someone that you love, like finding some time to be apart is important. Yeah, you've yeah you've hit that pretty well. The um having some personal space, sort of. I'm used to if I was commuting to the office, I'd listen to a podcast or I'd do something and just not have to, you know, talk or worry about any of that, you know, sort of interaction. But um, yeah. So for this, it's just yeah, you've got your together time, you've got your work time, and then you'll have to try to still reserve some time for yourself. And when we've got a small space like that, mm. then the idea is to yeah, go outside, take a 15 minute walk. Um, or a break maybe we'll do a run together or something or maybe we'll take a separate you know walk and listen for a podcast just to keep that Mm -hmm. you know keep that time so that does maintain um, a bit of sanity a bit of sanity and a bit of balance Mm -hmm. cool like what have you found has actually been a good thing that's come out of this has it been like a deeper connection with one another or even with family and friends like what's been the positives for you both Oh yeah. A big positive on my side has been that I haven't had to deal with the commute. Um, we are in uh, probably the worst spot um, on the North Shore in terms of getting a bus. We're sort of at the end of the, the bus line in North Vancouver before um, you cross the Lionsgate. And so uh, that's pretty difficult to get a bus um, often and uh, when you do it's extremely crowded and just a bit of a gong show Um, so I I can't say I'm missing my commute. (laughs) That's fair, that's fair. What about you Andy? We've actually, yeah I'd say we've actually been getting on quite well Mm -hmm. so we haven't had any tensions. We're in a simple situation, we don't have any pets, there's no kids, there's you know, we haven't got any sort of stresses at the moment because we are both working. It's not that one has been laid off and one hasn't um, at this stage. It's still early and there's still, you know, so they're looking at reduction uh, contractors and things that are being let go for our work just because they're trying to lean out operations. Um, but we've been okay uh, just in terms of how we, the, the, the dynamics between us hasn't been an issue. We haven't really, yeah, butted heads against anything we've been like the communication has been the key one and we've just got an understanding and a respect around that so that's a positive that we're not the space is still uh, a positive energy Mm. I would say there's nothing to escape from there's nothing to run from Um, we're just noticing uh, the space that we have I guess and trying to maximize it like optimize it because it's yeah yeah nothing's deteriorated I guess that's a in our relationship I think that's um probably a a positive because going into this and hearing oh yeah it could be weeks could be months you know you if you haven't worked at home together before you might be thinking oh uh how are we gonna get through this um but yeah uh we've done this is week two nearing the end of week two we've done really well um we haven't come up against any sort of annoyances um so yeah i think we've done well yeah, and I'd say saving on food as well. So we've been doing, you know, for the groceries we have been doing, it's sort of like, you know, you're going out on a raid or something when you go to the shopping centre just because everything's, you know, sort of haphazard with what's going on. But we've managed to get, you know, everything that we've needed, we've been able to find. Um, maybe not on your first go, but you can go back the next day. We've got a variety of places to go. But we're definitely saving money because I would be, you know, if I was going to work, I'd be eating out. Uh, you'd be having lunch 
breaks with colleagues, you'd be going out for a coffee, you'd be doing all these things. So, you know, we've got the coffee machine at home now, we've got the groceries at home. So, you know, we're, yeah, definitely saving for uh, when this is over, we'll just go on. Yes. <laughs> we turn the normal life and spray it all up. Well, I guess because it's, um, yeah, it's our, our, both of us are having birthdays. So, so Clea, yeah, that was actually my next uh, point. I was going to say your birthday is, I guess, tomorrow, technically. Um, and you're having a little Zoom party <laughs> with friends. So, yeah, when you realize, like, oh, shit, I can't get together with, like, my friends. Tell us a bit about how you kind of altered the plans so that you, you could. Yeah, um, so had to get a little creative and uh, I guess I guess not so creative in, in that I guess a lot of people are having um, virtual gatherings um, at the moment. And I just figured I don't want to just do this with one or two people. I want to introduce some of my friends to other friends. And hey, because this is virtual, I can have people on from Australia and Canada, um, which is also fun. And then I thought, well, let's make this a little bit more fun and play dress ups at the same time. Um, so we're trying that and um, hopefully there'll be some cake, um, but everyone has to BYO cake. Back on October 18th, 2019, Jamie embarked on a trip of a lifetime. She had planned an open-ended trip in Europe, mainly cycling around France. Unfortunately, she had to come back to Canada on March 16th and is currently self-quarantined for two weeks in an Airbnb in Vancouver. She doesn't have her own place and she can't risk compromising her family and friends. Jamie, thank you so much for chatting to me. I know you're in a little bit more of a unique situation than the other folks that I've spoken to. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what you're, what you're dealing with and what you've gone through in the past uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, so I was in... France while the outbreak in Italy, while the outbreak in China happened, and as it moved to Italy and France and Germany. Um, and I was cycling um, after working as an au pair. I was cycling again, cycle touring, um, and trying to keep updated on the situation as much as possible, but found it really challenging because the citizens were taking it much more lax than perhaps the government was trying to enforce. And so, especially in a different language, I found it hard to grasp the actual situation. Um, but I was keeping updated every day, um, thinking that the very worst case scenario is that I would have to go home much sooner than anticipated. Um, and I could stay perhaps, because I don't have a home in Canada right now, um, that I could perhaps stay with my older sister who lives in Vancouver. Um, because she has an extra bedroom. Um, so that was my worst case scenario. And then um, a few days, the day after the World Health Organization declared it a pandemic, I got an email from my grandmama, who I'm very close to, who said, um, 
who asked me to come home and I was like, oh, she's being so dramatic. It's so annoying to have to deal with this because now every morning I would get emails that would make me kind of stressed out about the situation. Um, but this time I, I mean, I want to listen to her because she, I trust her. Um, and so I called that day I was moving further south um, towards Montpellier. And I called my mom that day and I called my sister who works in healthcare, um, just kind of trying to get a sense of what the situation was like in Canada. So this was on the 12th of March. Um, and that evening, um, I decided at like midnight that I was going to go back to Canada and it felt really quick. This was also the day that Trump, so my evening there would would have been the morning in North America. And this was the, the day that Trump decided that no travel from Europe, they weren't accepting travel from Europe except for the UK. So I was trying to make my decision during this time right before he declared this. And so when I finally made, made my decision to look up flights, I, I was in the mindset of, of, okay, I've decided I want to go right away now because things are changing so rapidly, even within that day, things had changed rapidly and I looked up flights and they were $5,000 from every city around me from cities in the south of France from Barcelona from Paris from everywhere <laughs> I was like okay so this can't happen as easily and that's when I started to really get panicked and really want to go because I realized that my freedom of mobility was um, not what I was used to I was able to find a WestJet flight on the Monday this was on a Thursday um, on Monday the 16th that flew into Vancouver, Calgary and then Vancouver. And so I booked it and it was only $500, but it meant having to wait out that weekend, hoping that things wouldn't get too much worse. Yes. So my flight was out of Paris and I was in Montpellier, which they're very far apart. And I have my bike with me and it's a bike I brought from Canada and I love it. And so I wanted to bring it back. And this is when the tense like citizens were starting to talk about it more and the it was much more obvious in France when I arrived in Montpellier that's when the schools all shut down so things were moving very rapidly and this is when train travel was starting to be cut a little bit and so I needed to get my flight flew out of Paris and so I needed to get a train to Paris but with my bike it's it, it's quite challenging so I ended up being a 12-hour train trip to Paris on four different trains um, which means I'm exposed to a lot of people and people aren't necessarily taking it as seriously as needed in France at this moment. But this happened and I arrived in Paris on the Saturday night and my flight flies out on the Monday. And the Saturday night, that is the night, that was the 14th, I guess. That's the night where the Prime Minister Macron announced that all non-essential shops would be closed. These are just... just small challenges that came up but it was yeah it felt some um, it made the whole experience quite stressful which I think is why I feel so grateful and more relaxed since I'm here but because non because all non-essential shops technically were supposed to be closed as of that Sunday morning as of midnight now Saturday um my I had found a bicycle box to pack my bike up for air travel um but that shop is now closed so <laughs> that Sunday. Luckily, there's a wonderful community of um, cycle tourists yeah, online. So I reached out and I found a few bicycle boxes like within an hour, which was amazing. 
but I'm in the suburbs of Paris, so and bicycle boxes are very large, so I can't cycle to it and bring it back. So, anyways, that Sunday I spent four hours walking around the suburbs of Paris <laughs> trying to find my bicycle box, and then I everything worked out. I packed my bike. I was in that moment that weekend was really stressful because I things were changing so rapidly in France that I wasn't sure first if I would be able to bring my bike with me which whatever in the end that doesn't matter as long as I can go back to Canada um but then that even felt in jeopardy because flights were getting like fewer and fewer and I heard from people in Paris once I arrived that the airport was going to be shut down like there was a lot of talk that that was hard to decipher what was true and what was false and where to get the correct information, but things very clearly were being shut down. Anyways, I was able to fly out and that was a whole nother interesting experience being in airports and while this is happening. And if you don't mind me asking, what was the airport like? Was it empty or was there a lot of people trying to kind of get out in a lot of anxiety? There, yeah. So this was from the Charles de Gaulle airport, which typically a very large airport normally and very busy. And it was no shops were open. Starbucks, like nothing, nothing was open. It felt simultaneously barren and chaotic, like dead and chaotic because it was quiet and dead and really hard to find people to ask questions to ask for information but then when you arrived at a certain pocket or gate it was like a frenzy of activity but but kind of like the hurry up and wait because I, it seemed like a lot of the travelers myself included were anxious about the situation and so arrived early and then it means everyone's waiting and then things are delayed so like every flight I took was late including that one and it was it was tense because we didn't know if it was because it wasn't going out anymore or what the situation was or things are changing so rapidly. So waiting for the flight to from Charles de Gaulle in Paris um, to Calgary, it was the first time being around a, a bunch of other Canadians in a similar situation. So that was really interesting. I got to talk to a bunch of other people about their situation and like, where they were going to self-isolate because that was like the topic of conversation <laughs> but then there was also so there was there was like an anxious energy but but people I think were trying to be kind and friendly which was very reassuring um there were Canadians there that didn't have a ticket that were obviously had their like backpacking Canadians that were trying to find a ticket last minute um while at the same time French tourists going to Canada for vacation still which blew my mind <laughs> um, and I thought was extremely irresponsible and things changed even that day while we were in the air so I'm not sure if they were even able to enter Canada or not yes so the situation at airports was was tense but it also provided opportunity to for people to share yeah so there was like a bit of relief because you could speak to yes. you know, English speakers who maybe had other information yeah wow so like so then you came home right so you had back in October I'm assuming left your job packed everything up to go on this whirlwind amazing you know trip that got cut short so you come home to you know 
nothing family friends but having to quarantine so how did you navigate all of that my backup plan was to come back to Canada early and stay with my sister but in this short few days before coming back to Canada things were escalating extremely quickly this was March 14th and 15th and um everywhere but including in Canada and um my sister is works in a microbiology lab testing so she's one of the people testing for COVID-19 at one of the hospitals in Vancouver and so she was concerned that perhaps I couldn't actually properly self-quarantine at her place and because she can't risk contamination through me because she can't miss work right now she asked her one of the doctors where she works and they advised that no it's better to have absolutely no contact with returning travelers if possible so one of the other things I had to do a few days after buying my ticket back to Canada was to try to reach out and see if there was a place I could self-quarantine but it means having my own bedroom my own bathroom and access to laundry facilities and ideally not and obviously kitchen facilities so in a city that already has a housing crisis this is extremely hard and and it was like a I had like a day and a half to try to figure this out and so in the end I couldn't find anything that I felt was responsible that wasn't impact other people so I made the very hard decision to rent an Airbnb for two weeks and even that was challenging because this was a few I was looking for like a full two solid weeks um, during spring break (laughs) and at very short notice but I found the place I'm currently in which is in Vancouver which is makes it very practical for my friends and family to drop food off to me and it has full kitchen facilities it has washer and dryer and a bathroom so I'm able to fully self-quarantine and not feel guilty for like exposing anyone else Um, and because I was I felt I needed to take this um, very seriously because I was in a region in France that was like a hot spot but also everyone should be taking this seriously. You kind of alluded to you know friends and family dropping off so stuff for food and stuff so like yeah what other measures are you taking in order to survive? My normal foundation for like my mental health is to go for long walks but it's been confusing to understand what I'm what the guidelines are for someone coming back and I've had a few symptoms um that haven't developed into anything but have made me feel like I anyways for a variety of reasons I have felt like maybe it's not a good idea for me to go out especially because I'm in the middle of a city with a shared backyard so it would be almost impossible to not come into close contact with people So normally I would be going for long walks. I've gone for two since being here and I've been here almost a week and a half. And I'm also supposed to use a mask and I only have two masks left and they're single use. So I'm trying to balance out like what I feel is responsible versus what I need for my own mental health. To cope, I, I am extremely, extremely lucky and grateful to have amazing friends and family so I spend a lot of time more time than ever than I've ever (laughs) done in the past facetiming and speaking and texting with so many people people I haven't I don't normally stay in close contact with um 
I have an amazing friend who has been <laughs> FaceTiming me to do yoga together every day. And then a huge one just get me moving because I can't do my normal walks is I put on music really loud and I <laughs> like dance around the house, which I think is a lot of people are doing. I hope a lot of people are doing because it, it's immensely helpful. <laughs> so my last question to you is, you know, once all this is over and you come out of the quarant like the quarantine, like what have you really thought about your plans? Do you want to go back to Europe or are you just like, okay, no, let's get back to working in my daily routine that I had prior to the trip? I had an artist residency lined up um, which is supposed to take place in three weeks, which I, I'm not going back to. That was a big reason I was staying in Europe. Um, that was going to be a month and a half. And then the day I bought a ticket back to Canada, I got a job in Italy <laughs> for the summer. <laughs> so I've written them saying that I'm, I can't, work for them <laughs> um so i've i've essentially um let go of all the opportunities that i had in europe for now and i don't plan on going back anytime soon yes i i don't know what i'm going to do because the economy is also in a bit of trouble and so i I have a lot to figure out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that you're <laughs> laughing about all of this, you know, shows that you seem to be keeping in good spirits, you know, despite the situation. <laughs> it goes in big ways throughout the day. <laughs> this is I, why I decided to talk at nine in the morning, because at three, it's a little different. <laughs> that's fair. That yeah. is fair. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for sharing this. I wish you all the best and good vibes to, to get well and get out of quarantine. And I hope that, you know, eventually you get to go back to Europe and, and pursue, you know, everything that you wanted to pursue. Peggy Lou is a freelance writer and past uncomfortable podcast guest. Peggy currently lives at home with her family, including her parents and two siblings. Daily life has become a little challenging for them as they all navigate being in the same space 24-7. Peggy, thanks so much for chatting to me in these kind of very strange, uncertain times right now. Um, I'm just curious to know, given your situation of, you know, being at home with parents and siblings, how you're managing to cope right now. Yeah. So first of all, Debbie, thanks for having me on uh, this episode. Um, I guess to sort of just dive into your question, it's been easy some days and more difficult other days. Um, it's definitely easier to cope if it's sunny outside. I can always have the option of, you know, going out for like a social distancing walk. Um, if I feel like, you know, there's too much people, too much going on in the house. Um, but generally it's been okay so far because, um, you know, we all have our separate 
separate rooms. Like we kind of have our own work to do. Like my siblings are doing homework. Um, so in that aspect, it's been okay, but tensions do tend to rise um, every once in a while because, you know, you have five people living under one roof. Everybody has different lifestyle habits and, you know, different reactions on the, you know, COVID-19 situation. So um, it definitely varies from day to day. Yeah. What's been the biggest challenge that you've come across so far? Mm -hmm. um, I would say the biggest challenge is navigating uh, like high tension conflicts, especially with like difficult uh, relationship dynamics uh, in regards to family. I think it's hard to like contain the conflict and be able to still, you know, be around each other's space. Uh, you know, for the rest of the day, for the rest of the week. So I think that has been the most challenging so far. Um, again, it's definitely easier when I have the option of going outside just to, you know, take a breath of fresh air and come back and um, settle into myself and process the, the negative feelings and, you know, just feel safe in my own space and in my body. So how do you do that then when you get to point tensions are high or you're just feeling that your emotions are high and you need to kind of take that time out to ground like what's uh, any tips or tricks or methods you use that have been helpful? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I actually discovered this a few days ago when I was outside. Um, it was, you know, a clear sunny day. I was out for a walk in the morning. There was like no one around and I kind of just stood there and I you know, gulped in large lungfuls of air. And I kind of imagined myself, you know, breathing in the sunshine and all the good vibes and like things that I have to be grateful for. So I took a few moments just to, just to breathe and think of the thing, the good things that I have in my life now, all the things that I still have to be grateful for. Just imagine all that positivity, like entering my lungs and all the negative feelings and energy um, you know, being exhaled out. And then once I came back, uh, back home into my house, I felt a lot better. Like I had literally exhaled all the, the bad energy outside and like left it outside. Awesome. That's a great technique. I, I mean, I, you know, we'll do a little bit of meditation, which has been recommended a lot right now, but just, I think that visualization of exhaling out all of the negativity is amazing now is there anything in this whole situation that you've been surprised that you've managed to cope with okay or any kind of positive things around being with your family that has come up I think I've learned to be more appreciative of the time that we are together as um, as a whole um, because my youngest brother was just at his, um, at UBC, actually, he was spending his first year there. He was living on residence and, you know, he was never really around much. Everyone has different work schedules. My work schedule is very erratic. So like we kind of like weave in and out of each other's presences on a, you know, regular, like non COVID-19 situation. <laughs> um, um, so I think even with the conflicts that may happen, I've learned to be more aware of when everyone's together and, you know, when everyone's in a good mood, like just being able to catch those moments when they do come my way and 
you know, spends a little bit of time appreciating them when they do. Yeah. Is there anything that you've, you've kind of done together as a family that maybe you just haven't done in a long time? Um, I think eat together. Like we, we don't normally do much as a family. Like we don't do activities like um, together, like most other families do. So when people are able to, you know, come home and like sit at the dining room table and just like share a meal together, that's like the most family thing we do in, in my household. Um, and that's happening more often now, obviously, that we're like, literally forced to, you know, stick together. <laughs> yeah. My last question is, it's been strenuous and, you know, uh, stressful for people to be in this situation, kind of regardless of their situation. But I'm wondering if there's anything you think has come out of this that has been a positive factor, like whether it's connecting with people over social media or just anything that you've seen um, that you think we can take from this and kind of learn from or see in a positive light? Mm -hmm. Definitely the number one thing is developing better habits. I think that's something that a lot of us who are, you know, stuck at home quarantining, like we have a ch the chance to evaluate our, you know, work habits, our eating habits, exercise habits, like take a really good hard look at the things we unconsciously or consciously do and, you know, challenge those habits. Are they really working for me? Um, could I do something better? For me, it's definitely one of the positive things that have come out of this whole, um, you know, crazy situation that we've suddenly found ourselves stuck in. So I think um, this is, you know, it, it's awful that it's happening. And um, my thoughts are with those who are very much impacted by this. But for the rest of us who have the privilege and luxury of staying at home, I think definitely take this time to go inwards and take the time to look at a lot of the stuff and like unpack a lot of the stuff that you have, haven't been, you know, paying attention to, if you know what I mean. Daniel is a Vancouver-based actor and writer who finds himself out of work due to COVID-19. With all this free time on his hands, he's been finding creative ways to engage with his friends and community. Daniel, thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to chat with me about, um, you know, this very strange situation we all find ourselves in. Um, knowing that you are in the acting world and that whole industry is shut down, I know you're also a writer too and a bit of a freelancer. I was just curious to know how you are and how you're coping with everything just now. Well, thank you very much for having me uh, be a part of this. It's definitely been a very interesting experience for, for myself and for so many other people that I know. Uh, I, for the first week, I think that I've, I was really shell-shocked by the, the sudden and abrupt change to not only my schedule and my life, but everyone around me and everything around me. Uh, being being an actor and a freelance writer and a teacher and a comedian um, is definitely interesting job professions to be in right now because so much of that, I would say pretty much all of that is 
has been on hold and came to a screeching halt. So uh, it took me a few days to, to come to accept it. And what I found myself in in these past few days, I know we've only really been in, uh, in this for a short amount of time. And from what I'm hearing through the news and the media, we may be having to stay socially uh, distant, social uh, distancing, physical distancing for a much longer period of time. Uh, I've had to start uh, finding ways to, uh, uh, to accept it and to move forward. Mm-hmm. That's, and you know, that's a common thing that I've heard. I'm curious to know, um, given your situation, what kind of steps you'll be taking to move forward? Like, are you, you're thinking about career or just taking gigs to be able to pay the rent right now? Like, what are you actually doing? Yeah, so what I'm doing is I'm, I'm taking it one day at a time. And I think that's, that's all that, uh, that I can do. And I think that's what I, I hopefully can encourage listeners to do as well. You know, I think back before this, in the, in the pre-COVID-19 times, uh, we all put so much pressure on ourselves to be, to be the best, to be um, at a certain place in our career, to be at a certain place in our family, to have bought a house. And those kinds of pressures in the pre-COVID-19 times can be detrimental and difficult. And now that we're here and we're all having to go through um, this as a collective experience, um, I would say that it's even more detrimental to be trying to force yourself and put so much pressure on yourself. So what I'm doing is uh, I'm taking my number one priority is to take care of myself, um, to, to help, uh, help my wife adjust to uh, working from home. My wife's now working from home. Um, for myself, I'm currently out of a job, but I've been uh, connecting with different people within my community uh, to, to see if there's other possible jobs for me to, to help them with. Uh, I've been looking into taking online courses so that I can, again, work on myself. I'm, uh, and the, number, the other thing that I've been doing is I've been making sure to make time to connect with the people who are important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in this past, I would say within the past couple of years of my life, I've been very lucky to have uh, built a, a community and of friends that I can uh, really come to rely on and trust. Not just within acting, not just within writing, but just real people that I enjoy. And so I make sure that, you know at least once a day I connect with a few people, check in with them. I set up a you know online movie nights for us uh, even just a video hangout through through zoom through through uh video chats and yeah i i I think one thing that i really want to do is is to make sure that other people are doing well and to make sure that i'm doing well yeah i love that i did uh see your invitation for the uh trivia night like the virtual trivia which is a brilliant idea so what so far for you and even for your wife as well like what's been the biggest challenge for both of you right now so i think the biggest challenge for for both of us uh i I think the biggest challenge for her is adjusting to working from home uh she she had um uh, a very you know a, a 
a stable nine to five job. She, you know, she works very hard. She has a great team that she works with and they all used to work at the office. Like so many, so many of us, so many people listening to this, um, they used to go into the office and see each other every day. But now she's working, she's working remotely and I'm grateful and she's grateful that she can. But adjusting to video conference calls, uh, you know, uh, adjusting to the fact that, oh, maybe, maybe some parts of the, the work may be slowing down while other parts need to ramp up. So for her, I think, uh, you know, for, for that, it's, it's uh, adjusting to working from home. For myself, my, my biggest adjustment is uh, before COVID-19, uh, I would fill my time with so many different uh, things, so many different projects. I, I performed improv comedy around Vancouver. I would go for auditions. I would have my, my regular freelance writing uh, positions. I would host trivia nights around Metro Vancouver. And, and I would go and see friends and I would, uh, I was one of those people who loved to fill my time. And now that this has happened, I now have so much free time <laughs> that it's almost the opposite where I don't know what to do with all of it. And yet I still feel the pressure to fill all of it. Mm-hmm. So um, how can, how can I fill in so much time when there's, you know, relatively little to do, if that makes sense. Definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm myself, I'm a, a time filler. Um, so I get that. I mean, as you say, online courses, working on yourself, there are so many things that you can do to fill that time. Um, I'm curious to know, because I know you do, you, you mentioned you do improv. If there's anything in improv, because I kind of heard you talk about this before, like coping mechanisms that you take from improv that can help in situations like this. Absolutely. I think for, for me, the number one thing that improv teaches us about life is improv is all about acceptance. Improv is all about accepting and saying yes. Uh, So uh, in improv, when we get an offer from a scene partner, we have to accept it and build upon it. So right now, unfortunately, life has given us the biggest twist offer that I as an improviser have ever seen. And now it's up to me to go, okay, yes, I yes, this is our new normal. So yes, and I'm now using this time to, to uh, work on myself, to connect with, with people and to, you know, the classic saying of, uh, what is it? Uh, accept what I, or change what I can, accept what I can't and know the difference between the two. Yeah. And this situation, and we're only, uh, as of this recording, we're only about a week and a half in, and it is arguably the biggest change I've ever had to deal with in my life. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, so. Um, I will say though, you know, speaking of improv, I will say, uh, you know, here, here in Metro Vancouver, I'm very impressed and inspired by many different artists and many different actors that I know that are still keeping going. Um, I see uh, actors holding Zoom video conferencing to to work on their acting craft. 
Uh, I know uh, uh, our, our mutual friend, Ken Lawson, he shared uh, recently that he taught an improv workshop online, you, uh, all about connection. And again, this where we are right now really reinforces the importance of connection. Uh, for, for myself, something that I'm working on, and we'll see how it goes, is to, uh, to start up an online trivia night, as you mentioned. Yeah. And with the online trivia night, uh, my personal twist on it is I'm inviting a different special guest on so that I can chat with them just like this and to uh, hopefully get to allow other people that I know to connect with these wonderful people. So it's a time of, okay, well, the world has really slowed down. And, and I'm, I will say I'm very lucky to be in a position where, I'm, where I have saved up a, a tiny bit of a nest egg. So um, I, I realize that I am so very lucky because there are other people who have to hustle and who are worrying so much more than I am. I'm still worried. I know. But, I mean, it, it doesn't stop you, but yeah, you, you've managed to kind of put some savings by, which I think as an actor, uh, speaking from, you know, my partner's experience, because he's in that world too, that you've been taught to do that because there's never guaranteed work. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you know, what's, it's one of those, uh, I think you are the first person who may be hearing this outside of outside of my wife. So here's here's one thing. So here here in Vancouver, we um, there's it's pilot season. It mm-hmm. was pilot season where many different shows get to come in and film. Um, I recently, before this, I I very recently went on went on an audition for one, and uh, that the uh, audition that I went for. I believe that I I was, I had a good shot at at getting the most recent audition that I went on. Uh, There was reason for me to believe that I had a good shot. But now that all the pilots and all the filming has stopped, I'm like, no, (laughs) so close. What? So... Yeah. yeah, I know. Well, fingers crossed this once this all blows over the acting scene, the, uh, you know, that industry rebuilds and you get hired and they call you back and you get a yes. call back. I would love yeah. that. I was going to say it has been amazing to see how creative people have gotten around, like whether it's their professions or just skills that they have and sharing them with other people. So I love that you, you know, you've, you've noticed that too. Thank you. And, you know, just like, you know, this Debbie, you know, you, I really appreciate the fact that you are connecting with different people to, to share their stories and to hopefully help other people realize that they're not alone in this. And I really hope that listeners of this have people that they can reach out to. I hope that maybe this inspires someone to send someone a quick Facebook message or or a quick uh, Discord message, yeah. some way to, to con- you know, uh, just even quick check-ins is so helpful. Lou Magato is a self-employed professional who's pretty used to working from home alongside her husband, Adrian. Between them, they have three children, one of which is a teen who thinks that Christmas has come early because he doesn't have to go to school or find a job.
Lou, thanks so much for taking time out your day to chat to me on Uncomfortable. I'm just curious to know what your situation is right now with this whole COVID-19 craziness and, and how you're coping. My name is Lou and I actually, I run my own business and so I teach yoga and I'm an aromatherapist. Um, so uh, some of my work is done online, but a lot of it is done in person. And so it kind of has been challenging to figure out um, how I continue on <laughs> each day and kind of like reach out to the customers and clients that I have. I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. I, I think that um, I'm on day 10 or 11 of us being quarantined in the house. And I was very motivated the first week. And I had all these ideas of the things that I could work on and things that, you know, I've been on the back burner in life. Like I'm writing a book, but I've been writing this book for like three years. So I started doing the book and doing other creative um, things, outlets, like design work and stuff like that. So I felt like last week I was very motivated. Um, and then I went through about a three or four day period where... I was like, why am I even getting up out of bed today? <laughs> Do I need to get out of pajamas? Probably the answer is no. And um, I kind of had to force myself to like go for a little walk or um, try and get some sort of routine happening in my life. There was a new routine, but kind of mimicked the old routine, if that makes sense. Yeah, now you're at home with a teenage son and your husband who's also at home. I know that it's spring break, but my assumption is probably the kids aren't going to go back to school after spring break. So how are you all navigating being at home? Um, it's pretty quiet, to be honest. The first week um, I had my stepson and he's seven. So that's pretty fun and we were keeping him entertained in between doing um, other things to keep our minds active. And this week, my apartment feels very quiet because it is just the teen son. And the teen son, I think he feels like he won the lottery because um, he needed to find a new part-time job. But now he can't. He's got a reason for that. He doesn't really like going to school. And so now he doesn't have to. He likes to sleep all day. So we actually don't see him till about 5 p.m. at night and he actually has no reason to get up now. He's quite an introvert and so I just sometimes when I'm going to sleep at night hear rustlings in the kitchen because he's come out for some food but uh, generally he's gaming and, and I can't say much to him gaming because what else do I suggest that he does in between the gaming, he's reading books and doing other things. I think it's been the most challenging um, in my relationship, we have a really good relationship and we hang out kind of 24 seven with each other. However, something that was part of our regular routine was to go out and go to the gym every morning together and be in there for a couple of hours and then get on with our own projects and reconvene in the evening. And so there hasn't been kind of the gym. And so we've had to make efforts to do things together even though we do things together <laughs> if that makes sense but it's like hey should we hang out and watch tv again now and 
I think before we were doing an element of that, but I think the fact that you had the freedom to, hey, we could go for a walk on the waterfront and maybe we still could, but um, we're trying to obviously keep the social distancing, which was amusing today. We took ourselves into the forest. I'm lucky that I live close to the mountains. And so we went into the woods today. Um, but social distancing on the side of a mountain is always fun. And people <laughs> as you're hanging off a tree and making sure you're two meters apart from them. Um, it's very strange to, you know, some people you walk past and they just head down, like, stay away from me. <laughs> I'm keeping yeah. my bubble. And other people, they're lacking that social interaction. So from your spaces, from your own bubbles, like we had a conversation with a nice uh, older couple today and they were talking about how they were worried for their family in the States. And we just had a good kind of 10 minute conversation and then off they went on their way. And I feel like that kind of helped me and hubby today. <laughs> yeah. Keep you know, have something else to talk about because um, there isn't a lot <laughs> outside of our four walls. And our four walls, I, I used to live on an acre land and have a house and a fire pit. And we had a, a gym in the garage. It, we were very much in the countryside. And now we're in a thousand square feet. So <laughs> there isn't really escaping anyone here. Yeah, that's a challenge. What have you guys been doing to kind of try and like keep your mind off having conversations around COVID-19 because it feels like it's the only topic right now but has there been other things that you found yourself maybe being able to talk about or just you know watch tv play a board game like what have you been doing to at least try and you know not think about it all the time well I'm gonna say we've managed the last two days to not be drinking um that's been one way. I'm really, really happy that the um, the liquor store down the street is not closed. And that whole discussion about is it essential or not? Yes, it's essential. But um, the last two days, we we haven't. But we've just been like focusing on other things. I have a TikTok account. And so I've been learning TikTok dance routines. And I've been watching them. Just so you know, still don't have the guts to do my own videos, but I obviously follow, you're the only person I know on TikTok right now. So you're the, who I follow and I'm just watching all of the dances. And it seems so like, you know, it's so stupid. I used to criticize TikTok. I kind of still do, but it's actually been a really nice way for me to like zone out from all of the fear that's on Facebook and Instagram and the other social media platforms to then watch people just do these fun little dances and actually look like they're having some fun. Yeah. I like the dances and I like the funny memes mm -hmm. and um, people's comedy and hilarity and community have kind of come out there. And I like the fact that right now people are all on Netflix and the, the internet and doing all of that stuff, but it's kind of TikTok's just light relief. And so yeah. you're seeing, you know, I got on it. Um, to see what my daughter was doing and just kind of get an awareness of that. And then, you know, Gary V was talking about, well, that really is the next place for you to go to do business stuff. So I have done a few business things on there, but I don't have the dance moves, but I think it's just hilarious because it doesn't really matter. It's just everybody kind of having fun. Last question, what advice would you give to uh, families 
a bit like in a similar situation to you who are at home and are just trying to find you know some light relief and some ways to kind of cope like especially with younger ones so I actually have three kids they're not all here with me right now um but definitely having extra things to kind of keep them occupied especially here in Canada until schools and stuff like that really get going and so um there are there are a lot of yoga teachers, kids yoga teachers, family yoga teachers, whatever, um, putting free content out there right now because um, they want to keep relationships going and, and, and offer out. So um, kids yoga, mindfulness, meditation, um, kids dancing, like there's been a lot of activities uh, like that. I actually taught a free yoga class last night from my living room from a local yoga studio that um, I support and I often teach my yoga and essential oil classes from there and so I had about 15 ladies on there doing yoga and it was it was a new thing for me to learn because I've you know done Facebook live once or twice but to kind of have it all set up on my computer and learn those new skills and then teach but not see who you're teaching and, and I watched some of it back and I was like, oh, I think I could probably do that again. So there's a lot of people out there who love having the connection and offering. And so if you've got kids, there's a lot of stuff out there. Joella Caballo is an independent filmmaker from Vancouver, BC, and currently lives in a house with her partner and two housemates. With the requirement from the Canadian government to stay inside, Joella is tempted to set goals and focus on new projects, but wonders if this instead should be a time for self-reflection. Joella, thanks for chatting to me. Um, I'm just curious to know a little bit about your current situation with the whole COVID pandemic and how you are coping at this moment. So for a little bit of background, I've been freelancing for about the last six years. And so mainly that would mean like I would either work from home or I would try to find a coffee shop in the neighborhood. So uh, I live um, in a house with my partner and two other roommates. So I would say like the first week of um, working from home, for me, it wasn't a very huge transition. And I think for the rest of my roommates, I would say that we're like all introverts anyway. And so we kind of mainly stay in our own rooms. So yeah, I found like the first week, um, I found this like surge of like positivity that like, okay, just stick to a routine, put on some actual work clothes, uh, stick to uh, have regular breaks and eat three meals and like go for a walk outside uh, like once a day. And I was just noticing this in myself, um, but also realizing that this my emotions can change at any time and so i think that's been the biggest challenge is like trying to manage a, um, a roller coaster of emotions and it's i would say like in the last couple of days that i've kind of hit that slump where 
um, that feeling of positivity. It's like now I started to feel heavy about things and, um, and it's more challenging to be motivated to like sit at my computer and, and write emails or like brainstorm ideas for a new video that I'm uh, directing. So like it sounds like you you work from home generally anyway so you're starting to get into the routine but emotions and tensions are changing. I'm curious to know how you and your roommates are kind of navigating social distancing when you you know all live in the same house. Mm-hmm. You know it's um I think like in that first week we all gradually started to be working from home and now and and I think it was just like a kind of kind of like just survival mode like we just need to do what we need to do right now to just like stay at home and like I had mentioned before like we are naturally already just kind of um hunkering down in our own spaces um which is normal for us and I think with just being so glued to social media and news that and like talking to other people and like hearing what their cleaning regimens are, I started to feel like anxious, like, oh my God, should we be like implementing something in our home? And it, it it's just, for me, it just became, I think it was just adding more to my stress level, trying to think of like, okay, how are we going to plan this out? And like, and I, right now I've just come to the realization that it's like, it's just more emotional labor on my part to um, implement something like that and I also just don't want to add more stress to a already tense situation I'm and I'm just trying to I think in general um, but with also respect to our household is just like focusing on the basics maybe down the road I will have more capacity to implement something like that but right now it's just like okay wash your hands like we take turns in the kitchen um and you know everyone's at home and and staying in our rooms um for the most part so it's like let's just leave it at that like yeah Yeah. Yeah. Have you been finding, you know, because you're at home and I know you work from home, but because of the whole situation, really, that you've been kind of glued to social media and that that has perhaps like worsened the anxiety and the feeling of like tension? Yeah, I'm I'm starting to really notice it now. And I think one of the things it's during this period um of uncertainty it's like just being open to the lessons right that is being presented and I'm I noticed for me and my partner especially because we spend so much time together now <laughs> it's like it's like just non-stop talking about it and sharing things from the news and from like social media and I think it just became like this point and maybe why I started to feel the heaviness of it all is that like, yeah, I'm just going cycling through three different social media apps like, all day long. <laughs> and it's not, it's not like there's anything new or like you can't possibly be on top of everything. It's so overwhelming. I 
was chatting with a filmmaker friend um, in Toronto. Um, her name is Kat Mills. And when she said this quote to me, I was like, I'm writing this down. I'm going to share it with everybody. <laughs> um, but she said that uh, we're in isolation and we're exposed to too much. And then that's just in reference to the fact that we have all this time um, and we're, yeah, just cycling through our different social media apps all day long. And, you know, some of it is good information, but at other times it's just becomes, there's like, your brain cannot hold that much information. Um, and yeah, I think, and this is just very recently that I've now decided like, okay, I should really comply with my activity apps on my, on my Instagram and Twitter when it says that, okay, your time's up, like, okay, <laughs> to actually get off of it. <laughs> <laughs> It's been great that there's a lot of artists, musicians um, out there, you know, doing live shows and stuff for people to watch while they're kind of in isolation. But similar to you, I find that I'm doing too much and mm -hmm. it's actually causing more stress. Totally. Yeah. Like, and um, something I've been thinking about lately and have considered before just because I'm a freelancer is this idea that I should be doing something mm -hmm. at all times and especially as as an independent filmmaker it's like oh I should be like thinking of my next film right now I should be creating something and if I'm not then I'm not a good filmmaker I'm not a, like and I think this period for me is um, dispelling all of those ideas that mm -hmm. you know I'm more than what I produce. I'm I'm more than what like I do with my time. Like you know that's you know, quote unquote productive. And even though it's like it's great that people are have are finding ways to connect, um, but for me it's I think it's really trying to bring it down to basics and like simplify as much as possible like as much as I love filmmaking I also realize like that's not my entire life either <laughs> yes I love that and I actually just as you said that reminded me of a quote that I did see on Instagram um by <laughs> the new school of inspired work which is run by Kylie Redhead and the quote is now that you are no longer defined by your job, who are you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really great. Right? Yeah. So it's like you say, finding yourself, you know, judging yourself because you feel like you should be doing something when in fact you could actually take this time to step back and see yourself as someone who doesn't just have a particular job and isn't defined by that job like who else are you what else do you do what do you love to do so like on that note what are you doing to kind of take time out and and have some time for the Joella that's not the documentary filmmaker yeah for me it's at least just trying to stay sane is going out of the house and going for a walk at least once a day in our neighborhood and i think lately when i go for walks with my partner it's i i've told him like no talking about covid <laughs> let's talk about something else you know at least for this hour walk <laughs> we can do yeah. this 
yeah, like, so before I got on the call with you this morning, I had like, had, because I'm such a keener, I had made this like regular appointment with myself to like review my goals, my five-year goals. And as I was sitting down to do this, I was like, this is such a funny task to do right now, because like, what are goals in this post-COVID-19 world, mm-hmm. you know, and really all, and I, all that I really could come up with is like, at least what are the lessons that I'm learning right now about myself? Yeah. And um, I think for me, it's that I've learned that I do have a capacity to care and empathize with people around me. But at the same time, there's like a limit to how much I can hold because it can be overwhelming and it runs the risk of emotional burnout, which I don't want to do, Um, especially in this time when I so desperately want to connect with people. It's teaching me that that for myself, having experienced depression and have undergone counseling, that I actually am equipped with lessons and tools to navigate these roller coaster of emotions, and that uh, that gives me some comfort. That's like, yes, I've never experienced a pandemic before, but at the very least, it's like this managing of emotions, these changing emotions, these very uncomfortable emotions. Like, I'm trying to remind myself that mm-hmm. I have developed those skills in the past. And like they're completely applicable right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like this is the time when you need to use it. There's a time. <laughs> um, like everything we've learned from counselors and therapists, and mm-hmm. yeah, now is the time to put those tools into action. Yeah. And I think that the very le- um, last bit for me is that in all of its messiness, in all of the kind of mistakes and falling down that we're doing as we navigate through this uh, world it's like um i feel like i am a resilient person that um that life goes on because it must like this will we don't know how long this will happen how long we'll have to remain in our homes but at the same time it's like there are other things in the world to think about, <laughs> to appreciate, to have gratitude for. And that is also not to discount the, the very scary reality. You know, so it's trying to hold those two truths at the same time. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Uncomfortable. I hope that you're currently practicing social distancing and self-isolation at this uncertain time. And please make sure that you keep yourself safe. As always, I'd love to know what you thought about this episode. So please feel free to leave your comments over on our website at uncomfortable.blog. We are, of course, on social media at uncomfortable.blog on Facebook and Instagram and uncomfy underscore podcast on Twitter. 
we would love your support so please head over to apple podcasts and give us a five star rating you can also support us by becoming a monthly patreon by heading to our patreon account and pledging as little as two to five dollars per month to keep our podcast going and for more information you can head over to our website uncomfortable.blog forward slash donate thank you once again for listening now stay inside and get uncomfortable